and Tea Podcast fans. It is Danny here. And you guys, I have back with me a guest who goes back way back, way back with me, way back to the beginning days of Worldwide. Somebody that we've had on here before, but we really want to improve the way that this interview goes because last time was a lot of chaos. So I'm really excited. Um, that being said, of course, I am going to get my disclaimer because I'm not trying to get sued, okay? So yes, I'm talking about Amway worldwide and all of the various lines of affiliation with Amway. Um, you know, you're an adult and you can make your own decisions. I'm not here to defame worldwide dream builders or Amway or any of the lines of affiliation that I mentioned. You know, I'm here to share a story. My guest is here to share a story. And as she blatantly put it, we're just giving a review. Like it's the same thing. So if you don't like our opinion, I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry. Um, so I would say if you are looking into worldwide or you are interested in hearing about other people's stories, or if you're even in worldwide still, you guys, I would heavily encourage you to listen to people's stories. I think that hearing what people have to say about their experiences is it's really important. Give them a chance. Um, if you're still in, I, I really hope that you find the courage to leave. Um, but if you want to stay, that's your decision. So again, not here to defame anybody. All of the names have been changed. So with that, you guys, I have back with us the OG, the girl herself, who was my upline, the one and only Jess. Welcome back, Jessica. I'm so excited that you're back with us. I'm excited to be back on here. I have missed talking to you so much <laughs> because yeah. you live so well. I guess we both live so far away now. Um, but it's crazy. I you're the only person who left the business who I was in the business with, and like we knew each other in person that I talked to. We're just talking about how we don't even know who the fuck is still involved. And yeah. why the other people are still involved. Exactly. It's crazy. It's... It really is when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you've been here before, but I'm really excited to kind of go back through everything because I feel like even over time, we've kind of re-uncovered things that mm -hmm. we didn't get an opportunity to cover the first time. And what an opportunity to bring you back. I, we have a lot of new listeners who have never heard your story, maybe because it's been so long um, or, you know, they're slowly getting through all of the episodes. And um, I think your story is very important, especially since you were my upline, like you are the OG, you came before me. And I feel like your story is really important. So what brings you here and why do you think it's really important to share your story i just think it's important to share with everybody that i can just not only to like so people know that there's people out there that have been through the same thing getting it out there you know because like there's just when you're in that business you're just in such this little bubble basically like and the outside world just seems so far away and if I can shed any light to anybody who's even thinking about stepping foot outside of that circle, knowing that there's this whole other world, basically, I just, I want to, you know? 
Yeah. Which I'm really grateful for it because like, it's just, it, it's still kind of crazy to me that like, we're friends on the outside. I say the outside, like when I ask people like, how long were you in for it? Like legit sounds like prison. Like how long were you in for? <laughs> it does. It was basically a prison sentence though. It was. Yeah. It. Oh, absolutely. And, um, it's just, it is, it's really cool that we made it to the other side because I, I really am so grateful that we reconnected because like nobody else, like when I first left and when you left and we reconnected, I think we both kind of got to this point where it's like, nobody else fucking understood what we were saying. Yeah. Like, unless they've been through it, like you can talk to people who've you know, never been in it and they're supportive. They're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You went through that. Or, or why, you know, they ask the dumb questions yeah. like, why did you stay? How did you get wrapped up in that? And it's like, when you can finally digest all of the shit that you've been through, that you've consumed over the last three, four five years, mm-hmm. it's exhilarating. I remember we were sending Zay and, Mil- Zay and Melody videos back and forth. And that's really when we started to kind of uncover yeah. what was going on. Yes. I remember that too but like like you said when you start to not necessarily like relive it but like think back on what you have lived it's like and I even now like the friends that I've made they they'll never understand like you know they they just won't because they weren't a part of it I mean maybe they would understand you know relationship side of it but like the business part of it and like working yourself literally to death like I was going through so much medically and I still had to work myself to death and it's just insane what I put myself through yeah and you were so young when we were in like I was I want to say 23 when I first got in and you are a couple of years younger than me how old were you when you were first exposed to the business side of things I think I was just freshly like 18 19 yeah wow and my ex at the time he was 21 22 because he was a few years older than me Robert yep you guys are familiar my upline we call him Robert that is not his real name I wish I could say his real name, but let me tell you a couple of determining factors. If you know him, you will know this guy. The reason why I know who he is, is because when we were in high school together, we were from the same town. We went to the same high school and at one of the football games, he was trying to raise money for something. I don't remember what it was, but I remember if he got the amount of money he was supposed to get raising for something for the school, he was going to do the truffle shuffle in front of everybody. And he did. This guy is a larger fellow. He does not have hair on his dome. And um, he's named after a motorcycle. So Robert, as we call him, I try to say it in every episode. I hate this guy passionately. Um, But Robert is how we met. So how old were you when you started dating Robert? And this was even before you even knew what Amway and Worldwide was, right? Yeah, I was 17, almost 18 when we met. I believe it was like, I don't know, a month before I turned 18 when I met him. And we basically had only been dating for like two years or two weeks, sorry. 
Um, and my parents kicked me out and I was like, I don't know what to do. Don't know where to go. Ended up at his house and yeah. You <laughs> never left. Living with your boyfriend. I was 21. Yep. Uh, he was 19. Oh, okay. Fair. So he was 19. Point. Yeah. But still he was like, uh, weird about it. Like as if he was like 25 and I was 17. He was so awkward about it. He's like, you're younger. You're still only 17. That's like, so. Statute or whatever in Oregon is like three years. Yeah, it's three years. <laughs> so I it's... was like, you're only two years older than me. Yeah, yeah. Matter. But that checks out, I think, as far as his personality goes, kind of looking back, like that oh, yeah. makes a lot of sense that he had to immediately create this power dynamic of he is the older one, therefore he is, mm-hmm. quote, in charge. Um, and when you guys first were together, were there any red flags that you can kind of think back on that maybe you had ignored? Like, did he kind of do all the stereotypical things like love bombing and moving really quickly? I mean, obviously you moved in with him very quickly, but you know, what, what did that look like for you? Um, it definitely was like things moved quicker than I probably would have wanted at the time. Um, but he also like pushed for this like father figure role basically of like I'll take care of you I make all this good money and like you know you can live here and we'll be independent in my mom's garage (laughs) (laughs) um and I do like the biggest thing that happens before like Amway and Worldwide and all of those red flags was I had called in sick to work one time and I wasn't like super sick but I was working at a job that I just really didn't want to go to anymore and so I called in sick and we were supposed to go to a bonfire that night he came home and yelled at me you can't go because you called in sick that's not okay blah 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 his mother came into the room and was like, you are not her father. If she wants to call in sick to work and go to a bonfire, she is a grown adult now. Like I was 18 at the time. So I could do what I want. I was an adult. And I was like, like my father right now. I am my own person. If I want to call into work and still go to the bonfire, I'm going to go to the bonfire. Even if I have to drive myself. Like... <laughs> Wow. That's so gross. Because again, creating this, I'm in charge. You're younger. You, you like creating this again, power structure where he Mm -hmm. is putting himself on a pedestal and essentially kind of setting you up for this future. What would become fear of him? Is that fair to say fear? Oh yeah, for sure which is scary because he he was a scary dude. I mean, he's a bigger dude. Again, like if you guys know who I'm talking about, he, I wanted to believe so bad that he was like, he puts on this persona. Like when I was in school, I never would have guessed that he was like this. When we reconnected, I never would have, right? He was just Mm -hmm. this like 
teddy bear of a guy, super nice, overly charismatic, but all of those things are traits of narcissistic abuse and, and somebody who is an abuser, like, let's be real. Like that's the word that Mm -hmm. we're going to use here. It's true. And, um, kind of knowing now who, who he really is just infuriates me because of the fake persona he's still putting on for people, Um, which is sad. Um, but when you guys were together, you know, I mean, I would imagine since, you know, you guys were together and you stayed together for, I guess, quite a bit of time. What was your honeymoon phase with him? Like, like, was everything pretty good? Like, did you guys like hang out a lot? Like, was there any sort of positives in the beginning? Um, in the beginning, yeah, there was a lot of just, now looking back, it was definitely love bombing, like taking me to work and like making sure I always had my rock star or like my black rock drink or whatever, like showing up to work, like when I was done with my shift and having my favorite dinner or like takeout or like, you know, just like doing all those things to like really tip you over into like head over heels kind of thing doing whatever it was I wanted to do um taking me around to meet all of his family like introducing me to everybody like right off the bat basically I mean I lived with him so like that probably wouldn't have been abnormal (laughs) because I was living with them but there were definitely some want to say good I just want to say decent (laughs) like there were some decent things you know that wouldn't have been like red flags that would have been in any normal relationship probably um but it didn't last very long it was really I want to say just so we we met in like August of that year by December we were already fighting like crazy and come wow. January, we already were like, I don't know if this is going to work. But wow. we pushed through. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yep. the mask has to slip at some point. And unfortunately, it, it did usually around the time it does, um, yeah. which is very scary, devastating, and you're already kind of, and I'm going to use the word groomed. And I don't mean groomed in the sense that he was older and you were younger. It was the fact that he was love bombing you and kind of setting you up to be in this relationship where he has you right where he wants you. And he feels Mm -hmm. that he can slip in front of you. He can turn into this person that you were probably really shocked to have seen. Oh yeah. Most definitely. He hit it for that short amount of time. He hit it extremely well. And then it was like the one slip up of like yelling at me like he was my father. And it made me question, of course, you know, like any normal person. But then it was the like the backtracking of, well, you're crazy. Like that's, that's not how that happened. Always telling me like that my version of how things happened was even if it was like one degree off, it would be the entire story is wrong. Let me just tell it, you know? And it's yeah. like, it was like having that boss who would make you do all the work, but take the credit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, again, that checks out for who he is. Um, yeah. 
Uh, how long had you guys been together before you started noticing? Um, Cause I know for you, it was like really interesting the way that you kind of found out what he was doing, but like how long were you guys together when he got around the business? I feel like if I remember correctly, it was that um, January. I think it was that January. Um, Cause that December we started fighting and he had to leave. Um, and then when he came back, had met the person who like brought him around worldwide. And then kind of gone through it. And it was like weird because he was the type of like, he would only go out to party on like weekends-ish. So like him being out on a Wednesday night till like 2 a.m., that was weird. So like for me, I'm automatically thinking, oh, he's cheating. Like I'm freaking living in your mom's house and you're cheating on me. He came home at like 2 a.m. on a Wednesday and the first time, like he didn't really say much to me. I was like, where have you been? And he was like, oh, I was with so-and-so like at some meeting. And I'm like, a meeting at two in the morning? Like, what are you talking about? Then he went to another one, had more conversations with them. And then that's when he told me like, oh, I found this business where we can like fill up our shopping carts and then just walk away and get paid. I'm like, what are you talking about? Fill up your shopping cart where and just walk away. And how do you get paid? And he's like, I don't know the whole story, but he says we're going to get rich. And I'm like... I feel like I've heard this before. <laughs> wow. So this is when he is, he is introduced this business by a guy named Craig. Yeah. Craig is not his real name. His Craig's wife's name is Jenny. That's again, not her real name. Um, I don't really have any characterizing things about them because I feel like most people probably wouldn't really know who they were. Um, if you guys no. know who, who Robert is, then of course you'll know who they are if you're yeah. around the business. Um, but one key thing that I do remember that was a part of Robert's quote micro story, which I don't know why he was ever comfortable saying this, but that he actually hated Craig for one reason. The color of his skin. Because he was black and because yeah. Robert is a racist piece of shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, so you hear this this weird explanation of a shopping cart and wealth and, and things and people that you've never met before. What is running through your mind at this point? And what kinds of questions were you asking? Like, when did you find finally, I guess, maybe attend a meeting with him? Um, I mean, I had a boatload of questions between of like, who is Craig? Like, what are they bringing you around? Why is it at, you know, ending at two o'clock in the morning? Um, but it wasn't until he had gone to like one more little meeting with them before I had kind of came around. Um, and I think that was just due to like scheduling, not really like any reason. Um, but by the time I got around, it was like, I had all these questions, 
but they basically gaslit the questions that I asked. So it was like, I'd ask the question and then it was, oh, well, you know, this like beat around the bush kind of story. And I'm like, but you didn't answer my question. Oh, we'll get to it. Like, we'll get your questions answered when you go to this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. It's a process. And then they would like kind of compare it to like college or like an interview at a job, you know, like a big corporate job. You're not going to just have one interview and then get the job. It's like, well, yeah, but you have questions about the company and they answer the questions. They don't say, oh, we'll get it at the next interview. Like, yeah, it just never really sat right with me. But I was also just so young. And I had never seen like, I guess, successful people like my dad, you know, he has been at the same job for 45 years, he retired from it, he got the 401k and like, all that jazz. That was the only success. Other than like, one of my like extended family members, same thing, same job, retired from it, you know, is wealthy from her retirement. But like, just nobody in my family really went to college. Nobody had like corporate style jobs, things like that. So I'm like seeing these people like in suits and I'm like, okay, you know, like running a business might be fun. Like I'm only 18 and I can make a lot of money. Like who doesn't want to make a lot of money, you know? Um, But it just also was just so in terms of like how they handled things that I was like, still on the fence about it a lot which is why I never physically joined myself that's right you were like a perma guest yep I was and I did all the stuff did not get zero recognition for it because I was not a business owner which is crazy because that's not an actual thing so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go through some of these things that you said here. Cause like, you're right. They, they did, they like, you have these questions, valid questions. Your significant mm-hmm. other is obviously not explaining it. Cause he doesn't know what the hell is going on either. And what's interesting is that they compare it to a job interview, but any corporate job, you're, you're going to know exactly what the job is. Usually you'll know mm-hmm. what kind of money you're looking at. Sometimes it's dependent on your experience and it, and, and you know, it's negotiable or whatever, but you're going to know yeah. everything right away. They're not just going to keep you in the fucking dark. And if they do, that's a red flag. Um, yeah. but again, I, I totally get where you're coming from because if you've never seen that kind of stuff before and you're in such desperation, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to believe it, which is exactly where all of us were when we were approached into the business. Um, yeah. and then going to your, your, your portion of, um, the, the gaslighting you for questions. I remember one of their lines was you're not like, that's a premature question. We're not at that stage of the process yet. After X meeting, we can talk about it. So how long after this point did you find out that it was Amway and worldwide dream builders? Um, they talked about like worldwide pretty quickly on like the second ish meeting with me there. Um, but in terms of Amway, I believe it was not until like that function, the big function. We didn't know anything about it until the big function, um, which I can't even remember what our first one was at this point. Maybe it was Dream Night. 
No, spring later. I don't know. I don't remember what our first one was now. Um, but yeah. it was a big function. And that's when we like learned about like the products more and where the the distribution center is, <laughs> all that jazz and how you don't have to like stack products and sell them and things like that. Um, but back then they were very like hush hush about it. Like, oh, we don't talk about the products. We don't talk about Emily. Um, and part of that was because like people, I, you know, like way, way back, they were going door to door selling Amway. So they didn't want that like stigma of, oh, you're going to go door to door and ask your uncles and your aunts to buy these products. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I guess I had seen so many people like selling things like Scentsy or like other things, you know, like that, that like for me, that kind of stuff just wasn't weird I guess yeah like a lot of people I knew do Scentsy or what's another one I don't know some of the other ones like as a side job you know like they sell them just to make extra money on the side of their job so for me it wasn't weird that it was product selling what was weird was that they didn't (laughs) want to talk about the products they sold like yes so key thing that you said that is really interesting kind of now how the business is run is you're right. They, we had to take labels off of the water. They got to the point where we had to pour our excess into another container. Um, we couldn't have any quote snack foods in there anymore. Like the chips, the popcorn, if y'all know, y'all know. Um, but we weren't, we had to continue quote having a sponsoring environment and we could ruin Mm -hmm. somebody's perspective because they see an excess can they google it they find out it's amway before they're supposed to why because they are very strategic with this process it's a grooming process they want you to fall in love with them as people it's a people Mm -hmm. business they say right and nowadays that is not uh -uh, it's not okay actually they have to promote remember do you remember the club owner uh i used to call him taylor now i just refer to him as club owner but do you remember when the club owner used to say this is not sales i'm terrible at sales i got fired from all my sales jobs yeah (laughs) wonder what he says now because they do promote selling like i was talking to someone who was talking about products recently and they're like yeah we had all these kinds of like grand openings and product parties I was like do they used to talk about that like it was the olden days like we don't do that kind of stuff anymore yeah but yeah we we did the like November thing yes the Christmas time that's the only time we ever saw anything product related and learned about the products and it was and they they did it in a way that helped us quote buy them but give them as gifts they would put together these like gift baskets and shit it's wild Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so after your first function you find out it's amway and and that doesn't deter you which is you know acceptable because you didn't know um did you ever bring up the term amway to your parents during this time and what was their opinion of you getting involved in something like this um actually during that time I was still not on the best of terms with my parents um so I didn't talk to them much until gosh I want to say it was maybe six or seven months into the process and being around them um but once I did like I believe my mom had heard of it she's 
you know, she's a seventies baby. So back when they were doing the door to door sales, she probably knew somebody down the road who was selling products, like things like that. Um, but my mom was just like, she has such a mindset of couponing, like get it on sale. We're broke kind of people. So yeah, like yeah. for her, she would see the products and be like, I'm sure they're good products, but like $40 for a small thing of laundry detergent, $30 for multi-purpose cleaner. Like I just can't justify that. Yeah. Um, and so like for her, it was just like, I'll support you, but I'm not going to buy anything basically. And in the eyes of the people in the business, well, she's not a real supporter then if she won't even buy like, you know, one product a month for you to get that 50, whatever for your customer. And to me, it was just like, my mom's always my biggest supporter. Even when she's mad at me, she's my biggest supporter. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? And then to me, like I could sell something to my mom and she could say, no, I don't really want that. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like it is what yeah. it is. It's not for you, you know, but to them, that's like, can't be friends with that person. Can't talk to that person because they don't actually support you. And that was really hard for me because even though my mom and I like didn't have the best of relationship back then, I was trying to rebuild it and they were trying to tear it down at the same time. So it was like twice the work that I was doing to try and build this relationship with my mom. And it just, it didn't work back then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's true. You know, I'm so sorry that they, they did that. They tried to drive a wedge between you and your, your mother, your, like, yeah. and you're right. Like, even if you did have a bad relationship, like you said, you were trying to rebuild it. Who were they to sit there and be like, oh, she's negative. She's a bad, like, mm -hmm. she's not a good person to associate with or whatever. Like it's your mother. Exactly. I, that's devastating. Um, but you know, kind of going back to the, something that you said with, about your dad, what's funny is like our, our dads work for the same company. And my dad also has been there for like ages, but my dad's also like a lot. I think my dad's like half your dad's age. Yeah. <laughs> Just because my dad's like a my dad was like a super young dad, uh, for my age anyway. But um, you know, it, it's interesting the way that they put that, right? Where you're like, because that is success. Your dad was yeah. with one company, retired from that company. That is successful. But yeah. they would shit on that. Oh, mm -hmm. your dad's been with the same company. Like, why would you, you know? why would you listen to him or whatever? And, um, they do, they drive wedges very, very quickly between you and your family. Um, mm -hmm. especially when they, they tell you not to Google this or don't go tell your family, you know, don't tell your grandma. She's not here. She can't, you know, yeah. she doesn't know what, you know, um, and God, especially with the club owner, that fucker was so long winded too. Dear God. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. He like did not take a breath between sentences either. No. Like, oh my God. And he spoke really fast too. So not only was he yeah. long winded, he got a fucking shit ton in, in all of these meetings. But I guess when you're used to people not listening to you, you learn to just talk like that. True. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> so how long um, were you guys in this quote process before Har before Robert um, actually got quote an offer into business and, and signed up and what was it that made you decide I'm not going to sign up individually 
So he got his offer after that main function. And when we got back from that main function, he kicked me out and said, we aren't dating anymore. Broke up with me. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I had really nowhere to go. I packed one small bag and like went to a friend's house and was like, can I sleep on your couch? <laughs> like, and figure my life out. And um we didn't talk for like a whole month after that and I had kind of already started seeing another person and then all of a sudden he came back and was like everybody's asking about you where you are I miss you blah 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 and I fell right back into the trap but I said I wasn't going to like launch myself because I didn't make enough money I think at the time I made like $600 a month working so part-time and I was like I'm not gonna be able to afford like anything like to live because at the time we weren't like paying bills together it was all separate and so I was like I'm gonna do this myself but like if you want to be together like we can try and make it work and whatnot so basically we did try and like got back together but I they kept pushing for me like you need to do your own you need to be your own business owner you guys aren't married and I just kept saying no like I'll you know support him 100% like he's my significant other and I'll be here at all the like meetings and the whatnots and I'll do what I can but I just I can't afford it you know, until I find a better job, like I cannot physically afford it. There's, there's no bills that I could cut out because it wasn't like I was, you know, some people they have like Hulu and Netflix and all these like subscriptions they can cut out and save hundreds of dollars a month. I literally was paying car insurance and cell phone and rent at the time. Like that's it. And then when I did get a new job, I got an apartment at that job. So I was paying rent again and also paying all the normal bills and buying groceries. So I was like, I still can't afford this. So they just kept pushing and pushing. And I was like, I physically afford this. Even if I got a secondary job, like there's just no way because the amount of money it took to run your business, there was no way for me to afford it. So I was just a sideline, like, supporter basically and that's like they specifically said stuff like that to me like you're just on the sidelines or you're just a supporter and it's like oh okay well I'll just be a supporter for now until he decides that he wants to marry me (laughs) wow so I'm going to tell you guys something this is not an Amway rule okay there's nobody that says you can't co-own a business as significant others right you that's not a thing like sure maybe like you guys wouldn't both have your name on it but that doesn't mean that like that's not a thing <laughs> like yeah. this is all worldwide specific stuff why because they know that couples bring in more pv okay mm-hmm. and if she were to do it herself that's an again, additional PV for them. And it's never about our finances as people. It's never about Jessica's finances. It was always about how can we drain them financially 
and get them to do their PV. Like the rules are things that they make up. It has nothing to do with how things are actually ran in the real world, Um, which is very unfortunate. Um, So how is your relationship at this point with your upline? So you have Jenny and Craig and then John and Barbara. John and Barbara, oh God. And then I call their kids uh, Justin and uh, Brittany. Okay. John and Barbara definitely were very passive aggressive in the terms of you're just a sideline person, you know? (laughs) Um, And also very passive aggressive when it came to like the marriage part. Like basically we basically always had the cart before the horse because of how our relationship was. Um, and so like for me it was it was really hard to relate to them to talk to them it was easy to talk to like barbara sometimes she was very just easy going when it was just her and i but when it was the both of them like i couldn't speak much what i had to say really didn't matter like it was all about um robert and his feelings and like making sure he's spoke upon in a positive way and like you know sewed into and just all those things that they would use those statements of like I'm not a good significant other basically and that's how I always felt was like I'm just a bad girlfriend like I'm never going to be a good girlfriend if I don't live up to these standards and I would push and push and push to live up to those standards but the standards would just keep getting pushed every time I pushed and so it was like I got to a point of like we don't get married I'm never going to be anything in this business therefore what's the point and um in terms of the other ones they there really wasn't a relationship with them until probably year two or three in the business um his wife wasn't really around much. She worked like a night job, I think, at the time. And she had two jobs, I think. She had like a midday job and then like an overnight job. So never saw her. I met her one time before the whole business thing. Um, and that was at like a company party thing for the work that they did together. Um, but yeah, it was like two years in before I even had even the slightest relationship with them. And even then it was like, eh, this is a little bit iffy. If I say the wrong thing, like <laughs> might send them over the edge. Yeah. You know what I keep thinking about? <laughs> Jenny. I can imagine she was just a bad bitch before the business. Like just a good all around person who didn't fuck around. And, and if people fucked around, they would find out. Like she very much from what I understand of her, was somebody who just didn't take shit from other people. But then when she got around and got, quote, mentored, then she started to use words like, oh, I was just being a rebellious woman. Yeah. What? I feel like she was a very just strong-willed woman. Yes. Like, and if you think about it, she was a single mom. You have to be. 
Yes. Strong willed because you're taking care of another person. Like, I don't even care if you have a spouse that's involved in your kid's life and you're married to them. You still have to be a strong woman because a lot of things fall on you as the mother, you know? Yeah. And so I just feel like she was such a strong willed woman and they just broke her down just like they do everybody. I saw it time and time again. I didn't see it really with her because like I said, she wasn't really involved too, too much. She was like, you know, behind the scenes, I guess. And then when she finally did get involved, it was like, that was the only version of her that I really knew was this like broken down, basically like submissive person. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I was really, it is interesting to hear that because that was, yeah, that was the story that I was being fed when I got around because Jenny was in the picture when I was around. Um, but hearing all of the ways that she was like, I, it kind of makes me wish I would have met her before the business, because I can't imagine that she would have been awesome to hang out with even fucking oh, Craig yeah. when he had his locks, like, and he was just carefree and didn't give a fuck. Like they probably yeah. would have been a pretty dope couple to be around and how they were in worldwide was what um, John and Barbara and Justin and Brittany and all the, and mm -hmm. the Syrian guy and his wife and fucking the club owner, right? All of them plus the crown guy really just <laughs> put into perspective what these people needed to be. And mm -hmm. Craig was kind of a dick sometimes. He was mm -hmm. an asshole. Like he could get to that point, but he played it off as if that wasn't the case, but they bickered in, in weird ways. Like, I don't know. Did mm -hmm. you ever see that where they bickered? Like he would totally cut her off and she'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, but if you think about it, like thinking back all the way up, anybody I ever saw in terms of a relationship, the man could interrupt them. And it was, oh, I'm so sorry. But if the woman had anything to say or accidentally interrupted, they would just get shot this look like they're a five-year-old who needs their hand smacked. And it's like, whoa, like take your chill pill because you're not her father. Like you are her spouse. And I don't know, for me, I really hated how much they would quote the Bible and like use the Bible against people. And it's like, there were many times they would say something and I'm like, okay, that's your perspective of the Bible, not mine. Like I didn't grow up super religious, but I've read the Bible and I've been to church. Like, <laughs> so I know a thing or two and yeah. Yeah, they, oh, absolutely. And wow. So how long, um, were you guys in before I came around? Oh, what year were you? 2016. 2016. So it was only about a year because I graduated in 2015. And that would have been from high school, yeah. Shut up. Seriously? <laughs> you graduated high school and you were in the business. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause I graduated early, but I didn't walk until June. Yeah. So I finished all my schoolwork that January and then graduation was in June. So like, I basically like went to graduation and then I think, wasn't there like a major function in June or something? In July. Yeah. That was my first in major July. function. 
yeah so I graduated and then we had that function with you and yeah wow yep crazy crazy it it doesn't surprise me though because by the time this will have come out Antonia's story will have come out and if y'all remember hearing Antonia's story she was in high school she was the summer before she was even starting her senior year of high school she got into the business when with her sister they went through all of high school being a part of the business Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that yet go listen because it's fucking wild um but yeah, it's, it's, I remember you guys kind of, I remember meeting you and I remember meeting you before I met you business related because it mm-hmm. was me, my ex significant other, you and Robert, and we were supposed to go see a movie, but we didn't end up seeing it. And I don't remember why. Do you remember why? I don't. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, that's I, funny. I remember, yeah, meeting there. And for some reason we didn't see the movie and I have a feeling it was my fault because I remember just like being so uncomfortable. I back then was not a girl's girl. I was not a girl's girl. I didn't want to hang out with anybody. And it was like, I, I was in this weird spot where I remember feeling uncomfortable around Robert, but because he had kind of finagled himself into mine and Luke's relationship it was very interesting um mm-hmm. but I have to say this every time I bring Luke up that's not his real name we were I was so toxic you guys I never should have been with this dude like he didn't want kids I had a kid I was fucked up like I don't think I can ever apologize to this guy enough I mean what did he have his issues yes but honest to god he's a good person and we just never should yeah. have been together so no hard he probably has hard feelings towards me and honest to god I don't blame him But back then I was just all kinds of fucked up. I had PTSD like crazy that I was not thinking about. I was ignoring it. It was just so insane to me. Um, But we ended up meeting before before anything business related. So kind of to backtrack before we met, did you, did you know that, that Robert was like trying to finagle himself into a friendship with me and my then boyfriend, Luke? Um, mildly. And I say that because he had mentioned, like, um, he had a friend from middle school, was it? Or elementary school? Yeah, it was middle school. That's where we, like, like, we went to middle school and high school together. Yeah, so he, like, told me, like, oh, you know, I reconnected with this friend from middle school. Um, It's a girl. And basically, he, like, tried to emphasize, like, it wasn't a girl that he was like trying to seek, you know, in a relationship. It was like a friend, like she's a friend. Like he was very adamant that you were a friend. I mean, that's and, like, good I though. get it because I, you know, I had been cheated on prior. So like, I think that was part of the reason, like he just wanted to make sure like it's a friend, you know? Um, But he didn't really tell me much until you were like, going through the process if that makes sense do you know how many fucking months it was before i started the process i did not know five he (laughs) groomed me for five fucking months this motherfucker five months and it was all they always would say to like 
in the audio that I released that I kind of digested through, there's a part in there where the club owner's wife references the Syrian guy's wife and how she created a friendship, just friends, just be friends with them and only bring up the business if it comes up. Like, we all know that that's not how it goes in Worldwide and in Amway. Yeah. You are in desperation to build your downline. And at some mm-hmm. point, you don't even do it because you want to, quote, help people. You're using that as an excuse to, like, gaslight yourself into why this is a good thing. You just need to get to that next level. You fucking have yep. to. Otherwise, you're going to hear about it in your next council session. Or you're going to yep. be seen again, not on the floors as an eagle at the next function. Or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, that's insane. It was five whole months of like, we, like, he went to the mall. Like, I remember when he went to the mall with me because I needed to go buy some clothes for my new big girl job that I got because it was an office job. It was my first one. And um, for some reason, he felt qualified to go with me. It, was, it wasn't weird for me, but I learned that that was not how it was supposed to go down because he was a single, yeah. technically a single guy in the business, even though you were with him. Um, yeah. which is really interesting, the fucking way that they did all that. But anyway, so he was a at- married man. <laughs> like, that's questionable. Why would you be going with a single woman to buy clothes? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, it's, I guess if it, I had a friend back then who he knew from school as well, who I was really good friends with, and we are not friends today. Because of mm-hmm. me, I was really toxic again back in that point. Um, so again, I... I don't know what else to say other than like, I've taken responsibility by this time. And, you know, there's, there's puzzle pieces that fit and then there's some that don't. So that's kind of how I look at it. But anyways, so like he was a, he was like, we would have hung out. Like that would have been normal for us. And I had all guy friends. So it was not weird for me. I didn't start to see it as weird until I was in the business. I never, I mean, obviously if you're married or you're like engaged or like, I guess like, you know, serious about a person, which I honest God did not know about you guys because it was never like, it wasn't until I found out that I was going to meet you that I even like really knew you existed. And that's just, I don't think that was, um, but for any malicious reasons, I just think he needed to be very, um, calculated with his conversations with me. So that way he could really like groom me. And by the time Mm -hmm. he like, so he did, he ended up dropping the message to me like way sooner than mm-hmm. like, so, and he, he kind of similarly to you, he's just like, I buy stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like Nike, Apple, which side note, they're not allowed to say that anymore because the partner store thing is not the way that it used to be. So they can no Ooh. longer name drop these quote five fortune 500 companies like Apple, Nike. Right. Um, wow. So that's what he started saying. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You sell, you buy stuff or whatever. And I was like, stocks. And and I was like, he's like, no, I'm like, okay, whatever. Right. I was just, I blew it off. Cause I was like, I don't, you know, and he gave yeah. me the name of the club owner. He's like, yeah, but you won't find anything. Motherfucker, I'll find out. And I sure did. I found out exactly who he was and it checked out, you know, he was a club owner in, in PDX and like, you know, it, it, yeah. it wasn't anything that was too red flagish. I mean, his wife was definitely like being shit talked all over the internet but again like back then it could have just been all kinds of gossip but now I see why because it was always they try to get us into a cult or whatever right (laughs) yeah but it was weird and and he very much was very calculated about it because when he finally got me to sit down with Barbara because John was like in and out of the hospital at this point 
Um, he did it on a night I got into a fight with my mom. He just happened to have called me and I was like, bro, this is not a good time. And I told him what happened. He's like, well, do you want to meet my, you know, I can get you a seat with these people. Pure moment of desperation I was in. I was like, fuck it. Why not? Um, so by the time that like I came around, you know, it was an interesting dynamic to see because I'm coming in from a different perspective and, you know, once I actually got to know you, we clicked immediately, mm-hmm. but that was from day one, always frowned upon. Yeah. What was, when I started going through the process and, and being somebody who's going to be a part of Robert's downline, but of course they were never going to include you. What was it? What was their conversation with you about how your role was going to be in this? I didn't have a role. And that was like basically their words of because you're not married, you don't have a role in her like um, process, in her business, nothing. Like you are technically a cross line to her because you, until you were married or an official business, the only thing you would be is someone in the process that is cross line to her. Um. And, like, it, it kind of sucked just because of the fact of, like, I didn't have, like, a ton of friends back then because of the business. Like, I I still have my bestest friend. She will be with me till the day we die. But, like, she was very distant because of Robert and the way he treated things and the way he, like, went about this business and, like, presented it to her and her significant other. She didn't like it. She didn't want to be a part of it, but she knew that like she was going to support me no matter what. She's my best friend. But when I clicked with you, I was like, oh my gosh, like somebody who gets me, somebody who wants to be my friend. And like, I clung to that as hard as I could, because I felt like I had nothing in life at that point, like a failing relationship. I wasn't a business owner. I didn't have a good job, never went to college, like just all those things just weighed so heavy on me. But meeting you was like, oh my God, like she didn't really go to college. Like she's got a kid. I want to be a mom. Like I absolutely love her son. Like, you know, just like all these things I loved about it. And so I just clung to it so hard and I still clung to it. Like up until the point where I was technically your upline, I was like holding on to like, this girl's going to be my friend, whether I am in this business or not, she is going to be my friend. (laughs) Well, what's Um, great is that we were, we, I don't think we ever even really listened to that because we would like go to the back. Cause like you, like, I just needed to stand up and you obviously were in pain. So you had to go stand up and we would just talk. And I remember like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember being in the back of a, of a rally and you were having a fucking hard time with Robert and I yeah. was having a bad time. And I feel like this conversation nearly knocked me out of the business purely because I felt so bad for you. And I didn't even know what was going on because you quote, can't pass a negative downline or cross line or whatever, right? Like we both alluded to something being wrong but neither of us could say anything about it. And I remember you telling me recently 
that one of our upline talked to you after that. And that was Brittany. And what did she say? She said, it is not your place to take her to the back of a rally and chit chat because you are not a part of the business. And I was like, well, she came back there because I was back there. I needed to stand up because my body hurt and Robert was still up front. Like she physically came back to me. Like I didn't say like, come here, you know? No, it didn't go like that at all. I think I even was like walking back from the bathroom and I saw you and like, and that's just so weird to me because you were his significant other. You guys were together and for them to make you feel the way that they did is so fucking wrong. And again, you guys, this is just worldwide specific. This is not a regular thing, you know, because what's interesting is that once you become engaged, then all of a sudden everything changes. Like when the Syrian mm-hmm. guy and his wife were engaged at that point, all of a sudden she was allowed to go to all of the different events like moving up. She was allowed mm-hmm. to sit down with him at the tables. She was treated like she was a platinum, even though mm-hmm. she was nobody. She was just his quote fiance. They weren't even married yet. But yep. once that proposal happens, it's a whole different ballgame because they treat married couples very, very differently than they treat a boyfriend and girlfriend significant other. And they push yep. marriage. They do which is disgusting because you guys like, I remember like, it is crazy because we did, we talked, like, I remember getting to like your guys's house before Robert would come home to get ready for it. I would show up early and we would talk. And I feel like once, once it kind of got towards the end, we really just like, we talked, but still. And the thing is, is that it, it hurts because like, there was so much going on in both of our lives that I feel like if one of us actually told the other what the fuck was going on, one of us would have been like, that's actually wrong. Yeah. Because like while you're, so I'm, I'm here, I become a business owner. My life is totally opposite from yours. What is going on behind the scenes with your relationship with Robert and how is it being handled by the upline? Cause I know it just got increasingly worse. Yeah. And it really was like almost like a stepping stone if you look at it that way like it was just one step at a time with him and it was just you know stacking those stones up to where it got worse and worse um and there was just we were always constantly in the like council sessions I could be a part of the council sessions but we couldn't talk business technically but in a sense, they still talked business. <laughs> like they were very laid back about that. No talking business rule when it came to me because like we had discussed like, oh, you know, marriage is on the forefront. Like this is what we want. Um, but there was a lot of council sessions where it was like, you know, well, what is your issues? Like what's going on? And it's like, well, she does this and she does that. And I don't like this. And we've got this going on and we don't have enough intimacy and all this stuff. That was like the biggest thing. Like I was never a person to talk about that stuff with anybody. Like that's between me and my significant other. 
<laughs> as it should be. And it was just always the same like topics over and over and over. And I think like some of the silliest things, like the butter knife in the sink, like there'd be no other dishes in the sink, but there's a butter knife in the sink, but I didn't do the dishes. God forbid there's one dish in there. That means I didn't do the dishes. I didn't clean the house because there's one dish in the sink. Like, and they would always just be like, well, what can she do to be better? What can she do to make this better? Like, it was never a, like, look in the mirror, dude, like, situation of, like, you're not helping. You're throwing your clothes on the floor. She's in pain, literally bending over 10 times a day to pick up your shit off the floor. Like, you're not home to even clean up after yourself. Um, it was always just like, well, you know, how can you support her? in making this happen like you know the wife is supposed to clean the house the wife is supposed to do this do all the meal prep and a lot of it was just bite your tongue and it'll get better God. and I'm like what bite my what? tongue well yeah, so into I got him told that. I got that so many times of just bite your tongue and it'll get better we'll sew into him we'll help fix this and like, as it got progressively worse and worse and worse, I would like come to them with like, he literally is yelling at me. Like, we can't even have a civil conversation at this point because all he does is yell. And then he says, what I said is incorrect, or I never said that, or he didn't say that. And it's like, it got down to the point where they told me to record conversations so that way I could go back and like remember what I said not what he said because what he had to say was always right it was always what I had to say that was wrong and so it was like this learned behavior that he already had the behavior and then he just learned to make it worse and worse and be like more in tune with those behaviors you know what I mean yeah and oh god I think like the the most disgusting thing was being told to bite my tongue. Like, why should I have to bite my tongue when my husband is yelling at me, telling me I'm stupid because I don't recall what he said like a week ago, or I'm so exhausted that I can't remember that we had a meeting that night, you know, like just all these simple things in life. But it just was 10 times worse because I was exhausted. He was emotionally abusive and then things got physical at the very end and it was just like they they saw no problem with it which is disgusting yeah because he was bringing in pv mm -hmm. so um i heard this one time but i want to know if it happened more than once was was there a lot of why can't you be more like the club owner's wife or like mm -hmm. the syrian mm -hmm. guy's wife I heard that at least once, which is disgusting because I should have never heard that. But I think it's because it was a situation where I wasn't going to say, I wasn't allowed to say anything anyway. I wasn't going to talk back. Yeah. For me, it was always Barbara. Like, why can't you be more like Barbara? And it's like, one, she's been a mom and a wife way longer than I ever 
was at that point way like, longer she was she old you guys had way many years or way more years on me just in life in general like you know she had things figured out and she worked a job where it was like routine you know you do the same things every day you plan for the same things every year you have the same days off every year like yes I didn't have that at the time I was what 19 20 like I didn't know anything crazy okay so I I got some things to say (laughs) the bite your tongue shit is so disgusting like the pure misogyny that is going on in this business but to blatantly tell an abuse survivor who's coming to you and actually asking for help you guys It's shocking how many people don't ask for help, but this is why, because eventually you Mm -hmm. get told enough times, you're just going to stop talking about it. And you're just going to silently suffer because the thing is too, with worldwide is women are supposed to only go to the women. Men are supposed to go to the men. They're not supposed to talk to each other about their relationship. What's so funny is the crown and the club owner. They always say, this is why you don't need a job because the wife goes over here and the husband goes over here and they're all separate. But worldwide does that. Worldwide does that. Like couples are not allowed to fucking talk to each other. And Hope and Fisher actually talked about that as well, where Hope got to the point where she like had to break down and talk to him about it. And like they, I guess through this time, realized that they were on the same page about like wanting to leave the business and all these different things. But they for so long felt the same way, but separately. Mm -hmm. And another thing, the way that they're involved in people's intimate lives is really disgusting i don't yeah. know if you experienced this maybe you can shed some light but i remember sitting at a council session and and uh, it was with jenny and craig and jenny was speaking to how comfortable they were talking to john and barbara and i was like i just don't feel that because they're like my parents like there are just some things i just would not talk to them about the same way i would with jenny and craig because they're closer to my age i vibe with them more And it got to the topic of intimacy. And apparently John and Barbara, like, tell them what they can and can't do in the bedroom. Was that ever something that you had experienced? Based on your facial expression, no. Okay, so somewhat. Oh, shit. All right. (laughs) It wasn't necessarily that, like, they straight out said, this is what they said we can and can't do. It was like, they gave us suggestions. Sorry, what? <laughs> yes. Thank they you. gave <laughs> what? This is a council session in a worldwide dream builder room where you're supposed to be focusing on business, but they're giving you sexual fucking suggestions. Yes. And but like most of it, well, for me and like Robert, it was like schedule it out. Schedule Make time it? for it. So that way you can't say, oh, not tonight, not tonight, you know? <laughs> so yeah. again, we're talking about marital rape. They are quite literally blurring the fucking lines of consent. Just because you schedule it, you put it on the calendar, you can't say no. Yeah. What the fuck? And because that was such a big topic, like in our council sessions, there was a lot of like, um, they would beat around the bush in terms of you can't say no. Like, well, if it's been a few days, and yeah, 
I'm dead serious. Like if it's been more than a few days, then you probably should just do it. And it's like, I'm sorry, but no, no is a complete sentence for one. No means no. <laughs> I am my own person. This is my body. And if I don't want to partake in that, I will not partake in it. But yeah, I was told to schedule it. I was told if it had been more than a few days that I should probably think about doing it, even if I didn't want to. And I was also told on many times um, by Jenny that that could help some of the tension in the relationship. I hate them so much fucking more than I already did because I didn't know this. We didn't have this conversation during the last time because I just recently remembered. Holy fuck. You're telling them that your husband is being abusive. And even before he was your husband, he was your boyfriend. They're degrading you as a partner. They're not adding any value to you. Everything that you say doesn't matter. And eventually you guys did get married. And guess what? You guys want to know who wasn't at their fucking wedding? Any of their Mm -hmm. upline, with the exception of one who was up and down and kind of gone and kind of not. And then me and my son. That was it, you guys, as far as worldwide goes. Everybody else was their family. And these are the people who pushed you into marriage. So I'm going to make a note really fast about why I say what I did. Um, They would, I guess, specifically tell Jenny and Craig what intimate they could and could not do. That is where that went to. Oh my gosh. I feel like I had heard that before, but it probably just like grazed over my ears and I didn't make a note of it you know mentally but that's yeah. that's insane that's really insane. absolutely yeah so I want to backtrack a little bit because they did push you guys into getting married what did all of yeah. that look like and did you actually like really want to or did you have to kind of force yourself to want to now that I look back at it it definitely was once it got to the point of it actually being on the table it was a forced thing like I had to force myself like okay basically I gaslit my own self (laughs) like I've already made it this far (laughs) and the marriage is here um but there was a point like early on of like you know I really do want to marry this person like when things are good they're really good like he's really sweet and you know I I'm definitely a person that's like I see the good in others more than a lot of people um And that bites me in the butt all the time. So it was like, I was seeing the good. I was like, you know, he can be good. Like, I do want to marry this person. But it just took so long to, like, actually get to the marriage part. And there was a lot of, like, me asking, like, do you even want to marry me? Is marriage even, like, on the table in your brain? And there were times where he would tell me, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's on the table. And then it was like, okay, well, if you're questioning it, then like, what are we doing here? You know, like if marriage is not the end goal. Um, but when it came to like, actually the treatment that I received before the engagement and after 
night and day difference. Once there was a ring on my finger, I was all of a sudden a person. I was active in this business. I, all the stuff I had done years prior, oh, you were a saint. Like, how could you stand by him? And like, that's amazing that you stood by him and not even being an IBO yourself. And like, just all this stuff. Like, I bet your downline that he found and you found like are so amazing. And like, they are so excited to see you be married and like moving up. And yeah, yeah, it was like a parade once there was a ring on my finger. And then it was like in a council session. Okay, so when are you getting married? Like, what's the date? And I'm like whoa, like we have to have like a a physical date. And they're like, yeah, like, are you doing it this month, next month? And I'm like, we just got engaged like a week ago. (laughs) Like, can't we like slow this down a little bit? And they were like, no, like we have to have a specific date so that we know when you're a, a couple launched and when we need to up your PV and like do a new budget and all that jazz. And I'm like, to me, I was like taken back. I was like, you guys don't even care that we're like engaged. Like you just care about the numbers here. And now that I look at it, like that's all they cared about. You know, it's like you said, they push the marriages because couples bring in more PV, more numbers. Um, and so we rushed to get married. We were engaged and married like a month later. Wow. Don't recommend <laughs> Oh God, no. And it was the same for, um, okay. I remember giving you guys flack because you were going to get married on my birthday and then you didn't please. Thank God you guys didn't get married on my birthday. Like hallelujah. It was meant to be. Um, but do you remember the guy, he was the platinum who put the Syrian guy into Emerald qualification and his downline was pregnant and then next thing you know, they're married. Yeah. I think you said she went to your same OB, right? Back when you were in the area? Uh, yes. Yeah. Cringe. That's how it be, though. Like, they had to, they when they hid their entire relationship, no one knew they were together. All of a sudden, you saw she had a baby bump, and then they were, they were married. Like, it yep. was such an interesting thing. And I mean, sure, she married a platinum. So like maybe her life got elevated, but I just wonder like, is she still happy? You know? Yeah. And she definitely got put on a pedestal. All of a sudden we had to look at her as a leader, but she was barely an eagle. Yeah. And she got married to her upline and it's crazy, but they do that. You guys, it's devastating. And so now looking back, you know, you're married and- was did getting married at all spike or at least spark a like a positive maybe like another honeymoon phase not really no because I even questioned it right before I walked down the aisle that's scary because I was there dude yeah I had like a pit in my stomach and I was like is this the right thing and then like when we were signing our marriage certificate I was like did I do the right thing but I had already done it. So I was like, let's just ride it out, you know, <laughs> ride the storm. But it didn't really spark a honeymoon phase. It maybe like a week into it, we were already fighting and already into council sessions. 
and it was all the same things that were from when we weren't married to now we're just a married couple. And once we were married, that's when I was told the whole bite your tongue and it'll get better. They never said that before. It was always a, we'll, we'll sew into him. We'll help him like things like that. But yeah, no, it was just like the relationship had just plateaued for so long. And then after the marriage, it started to like spike again. Things were getting worse. We were arguing more. Money was getting more and more tight. Like he wasn't working. I was the only one working. Then it was a time like he was working. I wasn't working. And it was just like a lot of craziness. And the business wasn't helping. Like they always said, oh, we're going to help you. We're here. Like nobody was helping, you know, like nobody was there when I didn't know how we were going to freaking buy groceries to eat for that week. Like nobody was there when I had to call and figure out how you push your bills. (laughs) Like, how do you communicate? What do you tell them? Like, oh, I'm sorry. All my money went to the stupid business that I'm supposed to be investing in. And I can't pay my car insurance until next week. Like (laughs) it just doesn't work like that, you know? Yeah. Um, Which is devastating. And then they would tell you, oh, but we weren't, we're not professionals. Yeah. It was always, we're there for you, but we're not professional counselors. Yes. And then like, it always went back to we have connections. Well, who's your connection? That's a marriage counselor. Oh, it's Nobody. this person and this person, but they're in the business, but they're not professionals. Like, okay, that doesn't help me. Like, yeah, they were just never helpful in my opinion. And they just tripped over their own words most of the time. Right. Yeah. It's, it's insane because they pushed you guys to do this. And what was it all for their own financial gain? And through this time, you know, our business was growing. I say ours because it was my business. We were basically, yeah. (laughs) Um, Our business uh, was your business. (laughs) But but it's true. Like we were bringing around downline. Like we had, um, you know, the, the lady who broke her leg, we had oh, gosh, the guy yes. who broke up with the fucking crazy ass lady, which in retrospect, oh he's pretty happy about that. Yeah. Um, and then we had the guy that I got from that other cult. Um, and then they started bringing in downline. So our business was was growing. But what's crazy about that is that thankfully it all fell apart. Like, yeah. I'm so grateful that every single person left the business. And I I know that for a fact now, um, which is great. So, you know, fast forward, you know, I remember there was a time where you were the only one working and, Mm -hmm. and Robert was not. And I remember he would get upset with you if you would ever, like, I I specifically remember this at your guys's apartment. I don't remember which one it was. Like, I know where, like, I, I can envision what it looks like, but I don't remember where exactly it was. It was somewhere in Vancouver, but I remember being there and he was upset because you like, you took some extra time to sit down. Right. Yeah. And, and he got upset about it. And then you asked him if he had actually gone out to do anything that day. And he was like, no, I took a nap and he slept at home all day. 
And yep. I remember the facial expression that you made and I couldn't say anything. Like, these are the things that are down, like down the line, see this stuff, but we can't say anything because it's yep. not our business. Mm-hmm. Conversations are only linear. They only go up. They never yep. go down. And technically I probably shouldn't have even asked that question in front of you, but I don't even think it was on purpose to be honest with no, you. It was like, not. it was in a different room. So no, you didn't do it yeah. in front of me. I heard it, um, yeah. which is devastating, you know, and it's really sad to have seen all of those things. Um, but finally you guys did start getting some downline and those yeah. downline are still fucking in the business. You guys get the fuck out. If you guys hear me, get out. Um, I know, seriously. But what it like, you're coming towards the tail end of your relationship now. You guys have a downline. What is your guys' marriage looking like at this point? And, and, I, and at that point too, what was it like when I left? I'm always curious about that. So what did all that whole time well, look like? The marriage, I mean, it had been falling apart since day one. Let's be honest. Um, I... I was just working a crap ton at that point. At that point, I think I was doing three or four different like um, apps on my phone to make money, walking dogs, doing laundry, Uber, and like delivering groceries or food or whatever. Um, And he literally was just taking his car and going to his mom's house and sitting there all day playing on his phone doing zero of anything like so wasting gas and then he would go to like fast food restaurants and eat out because we never had food in the house and then you know I had gotten my big girl job I call it (laughs) when I started running the restaurant um and so I was working like a lot of hours Um, because, you know, you take over a restaurant and they have no people. It's like, you have, you, you are the people. Um, yeah. So I got that and he was still just taking his car to his mom's house every day. Um, and I was paying for the gas, paying for the insurance, like all that jazz that was on me. And, um, I was getting, I was getting fed up and frustrated. I was like, I'm not going to pay for this business anymore. Uh, My money is now going to be my money. And if you want to pay for this business, you pay for the business. Like I will take care of the bills. We ended up getting out of that bigger apartment in Vancouver and moving to a one bedroom, like smaller. It was under a thousand dollars a month. When I first moved into it, It it's like nine 55 or something a month. I was like, this is wonderful. (laughs) Beats $1,400 a month um, at the time. Yeah. And then from there, it was just like, it was always my job. Your job is more important than my marriage. Your job is more important than this business. And I'm like, this job pays the bills, puts food on the table. Like, what do you want me to do? You're not working. And he was supposed to be door dashing at the time. And he couldn't even do that. He did it for like two solid weeks straight. And then it was, oh, my back hurts or, oh, this hurts. Or I, 
had to go do this or I had to go do that. And it's like, okay, then don't complain that I'm paying the bills. Um, and I think right around the time I got that job, I think was when you had left, I believe. Um, yeah. So you had it before I left. Um, and I remember this because you would go remember when, okay, this is so funny because no other, like no other like lines of sponsorship or even lines of affiliation altogether had ever heard of this before worldwide houses. Do you remember when our downline got a house with, uh, the other couple who went Eagle below Jenny and Craig, and they Mm -hmm. all got a house together because nobody, no, like nobody had heard of the fact that they had worldwide houses. That was yeah. a thing in, in the club owner's diamond ship, because I remember, um, that girl, how do I describe her? She was very artsy. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, she lived in a house with another girl who was pregnant at the same time as me. I don't, I remember her name. I don't really know anything like significant about her other than she had a really cool name, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. I remember just like them putting together these houses but I remember them all living together in this house and we would have their, we'd have board plans at their house and you would come in late and have to sit in the back. And oftentimes you would still be in your uniform. Um, yeah. I remember you were work. Oh no, I don't think you had been working there yet. Maybe it was your mom. Who, Cause I, I know that, you know, this, this restaurant was something that you and, and both your, you and your mom did, but there was a snowstorm and they, they canceled the board plans the one fucking time, but they still encouraged us to drive over to Jenny and Craig's. And you brought that food, which was really interesting because I'd never tried it before. Um, But I do. I remember you having this job and I remember you being fucking exhausted. Um, And then it was after that point that I did leave. Yeah, I I, I do remember that now going over there and I was bringing food and like everybody was so excited Um, (laughs) because they all just loved that. But yeah, I did. And I did after I had got promoted, I had still gone to a couple of board plans and I had gone to a function. Like I had told my boss, like I have this function, like pre booked out, blah, blah, blah. I can't cancel it now. So I need just this weekend off. And then after that, like I'll be gung ho, you know? And I went to the function and like my phone was blowing up because I was now the boss. So it wasn't like I was just a shift manager or whatever I was like the full-on like whole boss and so he was mad at me that my phone was going off and I was texting people like um my managers of like hey you know do this do that or whatever like things that need to be done and he pulled me aside at the function and was like why are you on your phone and I'm like because my job that we depend on needs me right now and I'm not being disruptive to this giant coliseum of people like you know um but after that function I just basically dwindled down I was like I don't really want to do anything like I had no motivation for the function I I had felt successful in terms of like being promoted to general manager of a store and to them like nobody wanted to celebrate with me nobody wanted to congratulate me they you know I got a few congratulations because I made more money and like instead of like a congratulations because I actually worked to move myself up in a position 
Um, and then like, I know like after you had left, basically I was just like non-existent anymore. I couldn't go around. I lost all my crew at my shop. So it was me. I was one man show. And so I was like, I got to work if I want to pay the bills. And I was scared to lose that job because I was scared to be homeless. I was scared to not have food on my table. And I had gone long enough being scared like that. There were so many times we had no idea what we were going to eat, how we were going to eat, like anything. And I I was just tired of being scared like that. I wasn't going to lose my house and I wasn't going to lose like my job. And he didn't like that. I wasn't going to lose my job for this business. Um, and it really, really pissed him off and it pissed our upline off too. Like that. I wasn't willing to lose my job for this business, but I'm glad I didn't because I had a job when things were said and done. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, um, you want to talk about how we reconnected? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was so long between it was when we had it was, left to when we reconnected too. You know, it really wasn't that long in retrospect. It yeah. was um I was still living at the house with my roommate. So it yeah. was still in the same year. It I think really had only been a couple of months, but back then it felt like forever. You know, we yeah. went from seeing each other all the time, like at some points every single day, to mm-hmm. I left and um it was very like I I felt like I couldn't reach out to anybody because I was afraid of that no cross-lining rule um Mm -hmm. which is really funny because like it's who's gonna what are they gonna do if I request a fucking cross line on the internet or whatever right I still have that fear we're just talking about this yeah um but it was really only a, a couple of months yeah, but it really, like you said, it really did feel like forever because I was in the thick of it, you know, and I was so back and forth of like, do I want to leave him or do I just want to leave the business? Like, what is it that I'm trying to leave here? And like, that's kind of when things with him got really to an extreme. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a safe like mental space for me you know I couldn't think and I had asked for space and he he couldn't respect that and I took that as of like well he can't even respect that I need space to figure out what the hell is going on what I've been through then how would he even give me space if I was you know in a grieving process or like just something in life I kind of like put myself in my future self's shoes, you know? And I was like, you, you need to go stay at your mom's is what I had told him. Basically. I was like, you need to go stay at your mom's. I need to figure things out. I don't know what I want in life. I don't know what I want out of this relationship. And he like broke down and like, I get it. You know, he was heartbroken, like whatever, whether it was genuine heartbreak or not, but he did not want to respect the boundaries. He still showed up to my house, like that I paid for. Technically, you know, it was our house, but I paid for it. So in my eyes, it was my house. And then it was like just so much arguing and of like 
he would always ask, well, what do you want? And it's like, how am I supposed to figure this out? If you don't give me the chance to think through my thoughts, my thoughts don't just fire out like yours do. And they don't just fall out of my mouth like yours do. And the arguing was always like, well, I love you. And, but then it was, we don't do this or we don't have enough sex and like there's this and that and you don't clean the house and well you're not working I'm paying all the bills and I had stopped reaching out to like Jenny and Craig for I want to say it was like maybe a month or so before like all this had gone on and he was always like well you need to reach out to them because they're there for us and that's what they're there for and it's like they haven't helped us in five years. We have been together five years and we've known them basically the entire relationship and they have not once helped us. So no, I'm not going to reach out to them. I'm done reaching out to somebody who is just not helpful. Like, um, it, like I basically like came to from the amnesia (laughs) of worldwide. Like I knew what was going on I was aware of his behavior and everybody else's behavior. And like that triggered people in worldwide. Like I was aware that they were gaslighting and that they were backtracking on their words. And I was aware with him as well, that he was saying that I was wrong just to make me believe that I was wrong. And he didn't like that anymore, that I was aware of it. And then um, like when... I finally was like, you know, go stay at your mom's or whatever. He like packed a small bag and like was crying and like sad and like, I get it. But then he like turned around and was like, well, can we still have sex? And I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I want to be with you. And your only worry is, can we still have sex? And like, he just thought that sex was going to miraculously like put a band-aid on the relationship and everything was going to be fine and it's like no you know there have been multiple times I had sex and I didn't even want to there was times where like I was forced into it and like begged into it and I would just give in because it was easier to give in than it was to keep fighting that I didn't want to do it and so I was like no I'm putting my foot down like there's going to be absolutely no physical intimacy touch look like don't even look at me from across the room at this point like um I was just so done and I really took a mental note of like all of those boundaries that he was crossing at that time and I think the final night that it was like I had came home after being at a friend's house and I was intoxicated on some stuff and he was mad that I was intoxicated and driving and he wanted to start an argument and I slept on the couch and I was like I'm not gonna deal with this like go to bed nobody likes basically is what I said and then the next day I had off and I think I had messaged you like that night I was like just kind of chit-chatting and like but I was like nervous that I was texting you I was so scared One, because I was like, I don't know if she's still in the business. I don't know if I should be reaching out to her. But I knew in my heart, like, you would understand what I was feeling and what I was going through. Yeah. And 
like that first night that I had reached out to you, that was the night that I came home from my friend's house. And then that next day he was gone like all day. Yeah. Comes home. I had been drinking, blah, blah, blah. Starts another big fight. Once again, it was always the same. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. Like, I am not doing this. We are done. I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And that's kind of like when the whole explosion happened, you know, and I, I didn't know if I was going to get out of that house. And all I knew, like in my brain was like, I just need to get to the door with my keys and my purse and my phone and call Daniela. Like, I just need Daniela. That's all I need. That's the only person. I didn't even think about calling my mom or my brother. Like you were literally the only person that I, I knew I needed. And like I said, I clung to that friendship. Even when you were not around, I was like holding on to that friendship because I knew deep in my gut that girl is going to be my best friend one day. And I just knew it. <laughs> like, and I'm just so glad that I held on to it like so tight because I don't know what I would have done without you that night. Truth, truthfully. It was scary. You know, I, yeah. I, I think the benefit too is that they would have never guessed that you would have come to my house ever. No. Which I was really grateful for, and I know you were grateful for, because the, that night was such a dangerous situation for you. Like yeah. for abuse to go that far, like there were warning signs. You were asking for help. You were begging for help. And it got to the point where you couldn't even say anything anymore. And yep. it just continuously got worse and it got physical. It always does. That's really, really fucking scary. And, um, yeah. I'm so sorry that you ever went through that, but I'm really glad that you reached out. I remember like how shocked I think both of us were that like yeah. we were able to connect and like actually fucking talk. I remember we like you called me on the phone and like we like finally caught up and like figured out what was actually going on because I, you didn't know I was in an abusive relationship either. Like, yeah. I, I don't think you knew as bad as it was. And um, I'm grateful that you came over and I, I'm, I'm grateful too. I'm glad that we've always had each other because- Honestly, it was traumatic. It was such a yeah. fucking traumatic shit show of a situation to have been a part of. And I'm glad that I at least had one person to come out of it with because everybody else that we knew is seemingly still there. And um, yeah. that shows the deception um, mm -hmm. with everything. And after that, I'm really happy that uh, you didn't have to deal with him. In fact, <laughs> you guys want to know a fun fact? Um, so spoiler alert. She got divorced. Yep. Guess what, you guys? So I also got divorced during this time. If you guys don't know, I had been split from my partner for 10 years. And I was getting to the fucking 10-year mark. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing this. So I filed for divorce. We hadn't, we were still legally married for like fucking 10 years. I think I was afraid to file for divorce. I didn't want to like stir the pot. He's been gone forever. So it really didn't matter. Um, I got the privilege of serving her divorce papers to robert i gave it to him i got in my car and i ran <laughs> and guess what she returned the <laughs> yes i did with a big smile on my face <laughs> yep yep just served my papers yep and it was grand it was glorious because you know who you know who was there for me when i was going through my divorce Jess, you know whose house I spent hours at filling out the divorce papers with? Jess, you know who let me print them? 
Jessica yeah. did. Like it was really something that we actually could help each other. This was mm-hmm. finally our opportunity to actually fucking do the thing that we joined worldwide for help another fucking person. And yeah. all that business did was drain our resources and gaslight us and cause trauma. I have a quick question mm-hmm. for you. And I talk about this all the time now, but in our line of sponsorship, we were never told, right, that the Platinums and above were getting paid on the business tools. Yeah, never. They are. <laughs> it is a fact I was now. actually shocked when you told me that. Like, because they push it so hard that we make money off of the PV and the bonus checks and, you know, serving our business and blah 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 and we don't make it off of anything else and no other investments and yada yada (laughs) yeah no they're getting paid to speak at functions too allegedly um i have to say allegedly for that just because that one is um that was sent to me in a screenshot text message from um somebody who is following me on instagram but also on the facebook page and Mm -hmm. um they explained they were in the canadian market and they were just talking about how much canadian those leaders were getting paid. And I was like, no fucking way. Yeah. It was shocking because I don't know why I never picked up on it before. And, um, I also learned that, uh, good old John Maxwell, the guy that they would always tell us only speaks for worldwide for free. Um, that's not true. He speaks for all kinds of MLMs and I don't know why I didn't pick up on that sooner. I just found this out recently. I actually knew that all along because I followed him on social media. And he would post about going to other places. His social media is actually like relatively large. God. And he was definitely yeah. making money. He was oh, absolutely yeah, fucking sure. making money. I for mean, sure. even getting royalties from us buying our books through the app. We paid mm-hmm. the extra a month for his specific audio that he was sending yep. to all of the other lines of affiliation. Also, yep. we were never told that our diamonds were speaking for other lines of affiliation like Brit Worldwide, URA, or LTD. Yeah, we weren't. They are. It was only for Worldwide. Nope. Nope. Yeah. They make appearances and they taught basically the, the um, Dawn and Mary is what we call them. They are the Canadian leaders who were the first uh, diamonds in Canada. If you guys remember our good friend Hope and Fisher, they were downline mm-hmm. of them. Um, they taught the process because they're the ones who quote started it. Um, so they would go teach it to these other lines of affiliation, like Brit Worldwide, LTD, and URA. And that's just a couple of the lines of affiliation. There's more. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So what a wild fucking ride. Um, yeah. how, how is life now, now that you are no longer in the business and you can actually be fucking free? Oh my God. Life is free. Like, it is just amazing. I'm remarried. I have two beautiful babies. And I live in one of the most beautiful states I think there is in America. Like, I just enjoy things. I enjoy the little things about my days. I get to homeschool. I get to be with my kids. I get to be with my spouse as much as he's possibly here. You know, he does travel for work, so that kind of sucks. But, like, he puts in so much effort just for our marriage not even like being a dad, like he puts in a hundred percent in every area of life. And I couldn't ask for a better partner. Like my kids are obsessed with their dad, like obsessed. (laughs) 
And it's just the sweetest thing, like to bring a smile to your face is to see your kids happy, you know? And I'm sure you feel the same way. Like when your babies are happy, you are happy. And I've just made so many friends and so many friends for my kids too, which is amazing. Like I have more mom friends here since we just moved again up here to Fairbanks, like way better, way nicer. The community here is amazing. It's way more kid friendly and just, I don't know. I just love it. I'm more in my element at this point. I mean, I see moose in my backyard once in a while. (laughs) There was an owl like messing with our dog last night. So funny. I just love it. It's just amazing. I couldn't be happier. I'm so happy because this is the life you deserve. You get to actually be yourself. You get to be Jessica. You get to raise your children the way that you want to, um, not with this misogynistic viewpoint that Worldwide wanted to teach us, not anything to do with Robert anymore. And you have a good, healthy relationship and you don't have to rely on shitty ass people to give you the worst fucking advice in the world because let's be real, they're not fucking qualified to give no. any of the advice that they do. They are not. Zero. Yep. Zero. Even if they do have the qualifications, like um, that one couple, you know, steering guy would always be like, she has a PhD and five PhDs or whatever. Um, And I was like, Still. even her, no, she should not even be in any sort of like therapy field as a worldwide dream builder. Yep. Fuck all of that. Um, but I am so grateful for your time. I am so grateful for you as a person. Like I could not have found a better person to have gone through such traumatic shit. with. Oh my God. For real. Like I am just so blessed to have had you seriously. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah. So if you guys want to be like Jessica and share your story, please DM me on Instagram at X's and podcast. You guys can find me on TikTok at the same handle and everywhere where podcasts are heard. We will catch you guys in the next episode.